Today's readings speak to us of obedience. Specifically, the journey of obedience that Peter has been on. And we get to see a little growth and development between the gospel and the first reading. We'll start with the gospel because chronologically, the gospel came before the first reading. First reading is Acts of the Apostles sometime after the resurrection. Here we are just after the resurrection at the end of the Gospel of John. When Peter says, let's go fishing, and off the disciples go back to what was familiar and comfortable to them. From time to time, I'm tempted to repeat verbatim a homily I've given before. And I almost could have done that today because today's gospel is a little bit of a deja vu experience. The disciples encounter Jesus who's on the shore and he, the rabbi, tells them, the fishermen, how to fish. You remember hearing this a few months ago when he told them to put out into deep water. And here we are again. The fishermen, the professionals, aren't doing so hot with the fish. And along comes the rabbi on the shore telling them what to do. I think the deja vu is a little bit on purpose. I think Jesus encounters them in this way to show them and to show us a little bit about what growth in obedience looks like. He calls to them from shore, says, children, have you caught anything to eat? And though we translate that word children, it's more like boys, like you would refer to your group of friends. It's a very casual way of calling out to someone. So say, hey, boys, caught any fish? Like, oh, dear, who's this joker? They can see we don't have any fish. I have to think Jesus was smiling a little bit, thinking we've been here before. A whole night of fishing with nothing to show for it. And they said, no. So he says, put your net out on the other side of the boat and you'll find something. And so they cast it and they were not able to pull it in for the number of fish, right? So last time they were washing their nets and he told them to put out into deep waters. But if you remember last time this happened, Peter complained. Peter was a little put out, a little perturbed. Peter sort of talks back to Jesus a little bit that first time. It says, we know what we're doing. We've been fishing all our lives. The deep water isn't the place to fish. Daylight isn't the time to fish. But if you say so, we'll do it. No such talking back this time. Peter has learned a lesson. He learns a lot of lessons. But Peter has learned an important lesson about obedience to the Lord. This time they just do it. They recognize almost immediately, it's the Lord. We've been here before. We've done this before. And when we obeyed his command last time, we were overwhelmed. And so they're much quicker to obey this time. And indeed, they are rewarded with a catch so great they were not able to pull it in because of the number of fish. 
Peter has grown in obedience because he's learned that even when it seems a little silly, even when it's sometimes counterintuitive, even when obedience to the Lord rubs us the wrong way, strikes up against our pride and self-sufficiency, he knows that obedience to the Lord pays off, that it leads to fulfillment, to grace, to joy. He's learned that lesson, and so he's quick to obey. It's these lessons in obedience that Jesus is using to prepare Peter for even greater things. Obedience in fishing leads to obedience in the important things of life. And so we flash forward, I don't know, probably a couple of weeks after this, after we have seen and Jesus has seen, and most importantly, Peter has seen that his obedience pays off, that his trust and faith in the Lord is well-placed, that Peter and the apostles are called before the whole Sanhedrin. So these are all of the governing officials in the Jewish world. Maybe kind of like a combination between our secular Congress and Supreme Court. It's a whole cohort of people, the great and powerful, the same ones that put Jesus to death. And not only put Jesus to death, but they showed their power and influence because the Sanhedrin convinced the Roman governor to put Jesus to death. And he didn't want to do it. So these are men of influence, men of great corruption, men who tend to get what they want, whatever the cost. The captain and court officers had brought the apostles in, made them stand before the Sanhedrin, and the high priest questioned them and said, we gave you strict orders, did we not, to stop teaching in that name? And yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. This is the kind of stuff that leads to death. This is the kind of stuff that got Jesus killed. And they're already riled up. Now is when the rubber meets the road. What Peter and the apostles do here, this is what really matters. We're not on the lake in Galilee anymore. And how does Peter respond to them? Straightforward. I would imagine coolly, calmly, with conviction. He says, we must obey God rather than men. You told us to stop, but we can't. Because God has called us to this. Because God himself has commanded us to spread the good news. We can't just be silent because Jesus is risen from the dead. And so thank you for your suggestion. Great high priest. The whole Sanhedrin. 
but we must obey God rather than men. They don't know what to do with them. The Sanhedrin ordered the apostles to stop speaking in the name of Jesus and dismiss them. Well, don't do it again. <laughs> they did it again <laughs> and again and again. They had learned that though obedience to God comes with a cost, it comes with a risk that it's worth paying the cost. It's worth taking the risk because obedience to God even when it seems difficult, even when it seems counterintuitive, even when it's not what they particularly want to do, even when it hurts their pride, self-sufficiency, and security. Obedience to God leads to fulfillment, to grace, and to joy. We go back to the gospel. Peter has learned great lessons of obedience. And Jesus asks him some questions for the benefit of Peter and for the benefit of you and I, because Jesus already knows the answers. He says, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Do you love me, Peter? Tend my lambs. And then he says, amen, amen, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted. You used to do what you wanted to do. Self-sufficient, obedient to no one but numero uno. You used to dress yourself and go where you wanted, but when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. He said this signifying by what kind of death Peter would glorify God. Because one day, though Peter doesn't know it yet, Jesus does, Peter would stretch out his hands on a cross, just like Jesus, and be nailed to the cross, flipped upside down, and die a death like his master. Obedient even unto death, death on a cross. These are the words that scripture says about Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, Jesus did not deem equality with God something to be grasped at. Rather, he humbled himself, becoming obedient, even unto death, death on a cross. But at the end of Peter's life, we can say the same words that scripture say about Jesus, about Peter. That though he was once prideful, though he was once self-centered, though he was once focused only on the things of this world, Peter became humbled for the first time on that first day on the Sea of Galilee when the master fisherman was shown up by the roaming rabbi. He became humble and obedient, even unto death, death on a cross. And the scriptures go on to say, because of this, God greatly exalted him, Jesus. That humility leads to obedience, which leads to glory.
He said this signifying by what death, what kind of death he would glorify God. Jesus had been preparing Peter for something great all along. And he prepared him through obedience. This is the great virtue that Jesus shows us. It's the obedience of Jesus, the new Adam, that undoes the disobedience of the first Adam. It's the obedience of Jesus that sets us free from the sin that the disobedience of the first Adam got us mixed up in to begin with. Obedience is the virtue of the cross, and it seems counterintuitive. Obedience to God comes at a great cost, and we see it every time we look at a crucifix. Obedience to God is not even something that we always want to do. We heard that in Jesus' prayer the night before he died. There was part of him in his humanity that didn't want to do this. And yet the Son of God knew what Peter learned and what we're learning. That the cost is worth paying. That obedience to God is worth it because it leads to glory. It leads to fulfillment, to grace, and to joy. But it requires great faith and great trust. This is what the Lord wants for you and I. Because he's preparing us for something great as well. Jesus certainly had plans for Peter. Feed my sheep, tend my lambs. He gives him one final command at the end of today's gospel. And when he said this, he said to him, follow me. Peter was, of course, meant to be the leader of the apostles, the leader of the church, our first pope. A great responsibility indeed. But that was not even what the Lord was preparing him for. Because Peter's greatest title was not pope, or even first pope, or prince of the apostles, or any of the other just titles that we give to him. Peter's greatest title is that he is Saint Peter. God was preparing him by obedience not to just get through his mission on this life, but to pass from this life into new and everlasting life, to be a saint. He was making him by his obedience more and more like himself. So that, Jesus might, so that Peter, like Jesus, might pass through death into new life. And this is what the Lord's preparing you and I for as well. He's got many great things that he wants us to do on this world. That's true. He's got great missions for us to accomplish for the good of his church, for the good of our neighbor. And yet, what God is really preparing us for is to be saints. And there's no other path to sainthood than obedience to God.
even when it comes at a cost, even when it's not always what we want to do. This goes for the small things as well as the large. In fact, like Peter, Jesus usually teaches us by the small things the value and importance of obedience so that when it comes to the big things, we're ready to say yes. Peter had the courage to follow Jesus even unto death. He had the courage and strength to say to the whole Sanhedrin, we must obey God rather than men because of those smaller acts of obedience he learned along the way. It's a virtue. It builds over time. And so too in your life and mine as well. How is God calling you to be obedient to him today, even in small ways? I just finished Exodus 90, a lot of you know. And this is the most recent, perhaps small example of obedience in my life, because I didn't want to do it at all. Zero interest in cold showers for 90 days. Zero interest in all of these ascetical disciplines. But I was 100% sure the Lord was calling me to do it, that the Lord was asking me. And so I was just at the gym the other day, and one of the trainers there was asking me how I was enjoying my warm showers after Easter. Great. <laughs> and they always ask me, why were you doing this? And I tend to give them the practical benefits of such a thing. But I didn't really do it for any of the practical benefits. I did it because the Lord asked me to. It's a small thing, but the Lord wanted me to do this, and so I did it. People ask me frequently to tell them about why I decided to become a priest. And I will frequently respond to people with the practical steps that happened. When they ask me to speak about priesthood, I'll tell them about the day-to-day -day things. But the real answer as to why I became a priest, kind of a big life decision there, why did you do this? Because Jesus asked me to is the real reason. It wasn't because of any of the practical things. In the very beginning, it wasn't because I wanted to do it even. But Jesus asked me to. And he taught me that obedience to him even when it doesn't match up with what I initially want, even when it comes at a cost, even when it's difficult or counterintuitive, it leads to fulfillment, to grace, to joy. And so he teaches us in the small things so that we can respond in the big ways. It's a good prayer to pray, and I mean it 100%, to ask the Lord to change your desires so that you want what he wants. I encourage people to pray that way often. Lord, help me to want what you want. But an even more powerful prayer to pray is, Lord, help me to do what you want even when I don't want. That's much closer to Jesus' prayer in Gethsemane. Not my will, Lord, but yours be done. We get to see the payoff in today's readings of Peter's growth in obedience. 
He goes from hesitant and resistant, even in small things, to quick to obey on the Sea of Galilee. And that leads him to great courage to stand up in front of the Sanhedrin and say with great confidence, we must obey God rather than men. Take a hike. To say with great confidence, Lord, you know that I love you. And that he would be obedient even to death, death on a cross. And so enter into glory. May God teach us as he taught St. Peter. In a way, if he can teach St. Peter, he can teach anyone we can learn obedience too. May he give us the motivation and the courage and the humility we need to learn that so that we too might follow Jesus in the small things and in the big things and so enter into glory on the last day and become the saints that he's created us to be.